Hey, stupid nerds, the download the uh, Boogie Monster with, with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. So you can find out uh, what happened to Frankenstein and the Wolfman and all that fictional stuff that never happened. And don't pay attention to World War II or the American flag or important things. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. <laughs> oh uh, man! Over on <sighs> oh, it's like the worst yeah. ASMR. Yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah, the unsatisfying kind of ASMR. <laughs> what is going down, silly clown? Do you have? Uh, well, I mean, you're the first. Well, I was talking to the cat, but like Rachel's out of town, so this is the first conversation I've had. Do you have ever have that on the road? Well, like you don't talk to anybody all day, and you realize it's not till like five p.m. You're trying to form words, and you're like, "Oh, they sound like a oh yeah, sound like a mummy trying to speak." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I deal with that on the road, just being alone, and I don't talk. I know some people talk to themselves. I've never been. I mean, I, sometimes I'll talk to myself, like I'll. I'll chastise myself, like, way to go, you fucking idiot. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, I don't talk to myself. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I guess that's good. What was that old saying? You, it's okay to have voices in your head as long as you don't talk back? or I don't know. I, t- I mean, I think I do talk to myself a lot more often mm-hmm. than I realize. But, uh, yeah, Rachel's always like, she's like, you're a very vocal person. What do you mean? She's like, you're just mm-hmm. making noise all the time. I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> Now, I do constantly, and this is something I, I need to work on, I constantly talk shit while I'm driving to other drivers. That's... Just even when I'm in a good mood, and like even when they're not doing anything that wrong, I'm just like, good one, dumbass. Yeah, that's just... Hey, that's, fuck face, nice try. That's self-care, man. That's just self-care. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, man. That's just yeah. That's that's maintenance. That's that's exhaust. You can't have you can't have that building up. You gotta have exhaust. It's insane how many bad drivers are out there. What is going on? I think. I mean, this is not an original thought, but like, I think there's just too many distractions now with the phones and everything. But like, especially here in LA, every day. I get behind somebody who's just completely got their head up their ass. It's like, dude. I mean... You're operating a vehicle that could kill someone. You're in the most self-centered city in the world. I mean, you, you should... Pay attention. How long you been in that city, Dave? <laughs> Ten years. Yeah. I've always said, I mean, like... Yeah, street racers are dangerous, but I'm more scared of an actor in a Prius who's late for an audition in Santa Monica. <laughs> I've seen I've seen that I've seen them them take more risks on a, on a motorway than, mm-hmm. than than somebody with a souped up Honda trying to street race. I don't even mind people taking risks because at least that means they're you would assume paying attention. It's the people just who who act as if they are literally the only person on the road. I'm just yeah. You live wandering in Los around. Angeles. Everybody thinks they're going to be a superstar. Ugh. Like you can there, there's some like you just have to allow something. This, t- this is from the guy who, who purposely hit some another motorist, telling you this. 
You purposefully hit another motorist. I turned my wheels out into the intersection because I knew he was about to go through the red light that I was trying to make a left on. Oh, I remember that story. I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember. So you you turned your wheels with the intention of clipping him, like fuck this guy. I figured. I figured I'd put a little heat on him. <laughs> if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing, man. That's true. That's true. No, it's like I had to make a left, and I'm saying it's yellow, and I know it's going to turn red far before this guy gets to the intersection. It did, and now I'm just in an intersection where the cross traffic has the green, and this guy's just revving to go through it. So I'm like, let me turn the wheels out. Just to just give him something to see. Let me, let me give him something to see when he buzzes through it. He saw a lot. <laughs> Took out the side of his car. I didn't move my car. I just, That's I crazy. just turned my wheels. Yesterday, I had one of the dumbest drivers in front of me I've ever seen. All right, you know how in L.A. there's almost no left green turn arrows? Yeah. There's, even in intersections where there's a turn lane, a left turn lane, there's still no, why would you? Why, why would the worst traffic city in the world, why would we install some left turn arrows? So, as you, as you do... All right, you're trying to turn left at a busy intersection. You know, you're if you're going straight, you got the green light, but you're trying to turn left, so you got to yield to the oncoming traffic, right? So this lady scoots out into the intersection, which I was proud of. I like that. I hate people who just stay back behind the balk line. It's like, no, you know you're going to turn left eventually during this cycle. Yeah, take, you know, take, a bite, as, take a bite out of it. Get up there. Exactly. Get up in there, and that way, you know, when the oncoming traffic stops... Then you take your quick left, and everybody goes about their business. This lady in front of me, she, she gets out into the intersection, and she's waiting to turn left. Then the oncoming traffic's light turns orange and then red, and she just stays there. <laughs> and and I'm, talking, I'm talking 20 feet past the balk line where she should have been, you know, to begin with. She's 20 feet out in the intersection, waiting to turn left. She finally has an opportunity, and she just... She just freezes, and then now the cross traffic has a green light, and from all directions, people are just honking at her like, fuck you, lady. Yeah. And just, and, and I don't understand that because it's like you had the initiative, the wherewithal to, to scooch out into the intersection. I try. Why, I think why back out now? I'll offer this. What, what kind of car was it? It was a, uh, I remember it. It was a uh, blue. Like souped up Honda Civic. Oh, okay. Like aftermarket. So I was gonna say, if it's ever, if you're in LA and it's a Mustang, that is a tourist. That is a tourist in a, mm-hmm. in a rented convertible Mustang. <laughs> yeah. So they don't know what's going on. They might be from another country. Um, but they had the sense enough to to get out in there. Dave, you know, Dave, I, like, I can't tell you enough. You're uh, you're living in Los Angeles, buddy. Everybody there uh, thinks they are the only person in the universe and will drive as such. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I welcome you to come up to Oregon, where everybody drives like if they actually get to the speed limit, a member of their family will perish. So they make really? sure to do about five under. <laughs> five under? Yeah. It is, the level of politeness here is uh, is dangerous. You know the phrase, Really? The, you know the phrase, be predictable, don't be polite? I heard somebody use that uh-huh. in terms of driving. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, we're all operating on a set of like... Rules that we all learned, a shared set of rules. Mm-hmm. If your politeness 
is causing you to override those rules. You have all the other people now thinking you're playing by the rules, and you're like, no, I'm just going to leave this open spot in traffic, even though it's several lanes to let somebody go through. Great, you created an accident. But everybody is, oh, please go ahead. There's a Portlandia sketch about it. But anyway, what is this, Dave? Is this the boogie monster or or two uncles nobody gives a shit about at the end of the table at Thanksgiving? (laughs) (laughs) While we're on the topic, real quick, I just want to use this time to remind people to stay the fuck out of the left lane. If you're on the freeway... There's more than one lane. Oh, yeah. Stay the fuck out of the left lane unless you're passing. Oh, yeah. Obviously, obviously, more than half our population does not know that rule. No, they don't. No, they don't. Get the fuck out of the left lane. I take on a lot of middle fingers passing people oh. up here. Especially with the van, because it's basically like I'm a movie screen behind them, and they can see everything, all my gestures. I, I, and I tell you what, it was an old car by, but I was like playing air drums so violently behind a guy <laughs> that I got up next to him and he's, his window's down. He's like, well, fuck you too, man, you fucking animal. I'm like, oh, oh no, no, I wasn't. He thought I was just, I was just playing like Animal from the Muppets, but he thought I was just so pissed at him for something that I was just flailing my arms around. He's like, well, fuck you too, man. I was like, wait, what? Oh, no, I'm having a, I was having a good day, buddy. <laughs> Jeez. I had a guy uh, on that last run. I was somewhere in Kentucky or Ohio, and I got behind a guy on the freeway who had some ridiculous sticker. Like his whole back windshield had – it was something – some pro-gun or pro-Trump. Like I forgot what it was, but it was like cartoonishly ridiculous. And I pulled out my – I was driving behind him, and I pulled out my phone, and I was trying to get some good pictures of it. And I guess he saw that, and that was the only thing I did. And then when I passed him, he just shot me a bird. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I could have been taking a picture of that because I liked it. All right, if you got an but entire just, windshield was, sticker of Trump, <laughs> you think your head's in the right place? Yeah. But, like, that's all I did. I didn't give him a dirty look. I didn't, you know, I guess he just saw me trying to take a picture of it, and as soon as I went around him, he just hung the bird. I'm like, okay, the politi- that tracks. The political right doesn't really... They align themselves with a lot of different causes, but one of those is not good design choices. Yeah. But, uh, mm. yeah, I mean... That's why, because were you in the Honda? Uh no, I was in a rented car. Oh. Yeah, I forgot what kind of car I had on that last one. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a truck. No, no, it wasn't a truck. Oh, so I guess probably. I obviously looked like a liberal gayfer to him, probably because I wasn't in a big truck. Probably yeah. weren't a truck in Kentucky. Yeah, you gayfer. <laughs> oh. Speaking of speaking of cars, your boy is a Subaru owner. You got uh, you get yourself a whip. Got me a, a nice whip. I'm going to ghost ride that whip. I want to say, yeah, I want to see you. <laughs> I mean, it's a little outdated now. What is that? What was it the Kiki Challenge? Was it where you could dance outside the car? And I don't know. I only saw the videos yeah. of people like, running into telephone poles and stuff. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, you man. Got yourself, uh, you got yourself a semi-outdoor, a semi-four-by-four off-road vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, got the all-wheel drive, got the uh, uh, 2022 Subaru Outback Wilderness Edition um, as, a, as a gift from my wife. I didn't, even, I didn't even have to sign anything. She's just like, let's get you a car. I was like, good Lord. I'm doing something right. I don't know what's She's going on. She's going to harvest your organs. <laughs> <laughs> She's, 
You're just walking Jeez. right into just it. Fatten me up for slaughter. And it's like the it's like the sirens from Oh Brother Where Art Thou. You're just falling. <laughs> cruising right. Well, the two of us was fixing to fornicate. <laughs> cruising right. Oh in. man, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh I'm so stoked, dude. I've never had a new car. I've barely that last car I had, uh, the one I, I took over payments from my dad who passed. That I think that was the first car. I had that was manufactured in the same decade that I was driving it in. So uh, that's the closest I'd had to a new car, I believe. I think so. But yeah, never had a brand new car. And it's it's got that smell that we all love. And uh, oh boy, it's a good time. I'm having fun with it. The other night, uh, I got it Thursday and uh, took the long route home, drove it around a little bit, and then at at around midnight... Where'd you go, Keys on Van Nuys? Go ahead. Uh, no, uh, I remember uh, you, you bought a car there. Cause I remember you had that drive out tag. When I first moved out here, you had that, uh, well, no, not when I first, maybe a few months after you, you got that Audi. Yeah. I did. Didn't you get that from keys? Keys, somebody? keys, 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 keys on Van Nuys. <laughs> uh, we went to, uh, Subaru of Sherman Oaks, even though it's on Van Nuys Boulevard. So yeah. Um, so yeah, we picked it up Thursday. I drove it home. And then Thursday around midnight, I was just sitting here, and uh, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do some night driving." And went out and drove for like an hour and a half through the oh, yeah. nighttime LA streets. It was, it was awesome. <clears throat> That's do? the time you to get out Mulholland? and far around. Did you do old Mulholland? No, I didn't do Mulholland. I went way out Sunset, um, all the way to the 405 Sunset uh, Westbound, out towards the ocean. Got on the 405, took that all the way up uh, to, like, the 170. Took that over to, uh, like, La... Is it the 170 that takes you over to, to the 2 and the 210, that area? La Crescenta, La Cañada. But, yeah, I just kind of did a whole tour of the city. And then I got off there, did surface streets all through, like, Pasadena and up through Eagle Rock and downtown. It in, man. Oh, man. Break that engine. Had a blast. It's a fun car, man. It's a fun car. And I, I feel like a teenager now because uh, we've spoken about uh, how I had a Jeep in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was like basically my hobby back then was just slowly trying to upgrade the Jeep. So uh, I got a vehicle now that uh, is prone to – man, I, not prone, but what's the word I'm looking I for? Di- I did that. I did that with my Jeep. And I'm telling you, you get caught mm-hmm. up in this mindset. And before you know it, you got this monstrosity. Yeah, I told you that was. Yeah, you got to be careful. That was the nickname I had for the Jeep was Melanie Griffith because she was a, she was real sweet until she got all the work done. <laughs> what all did you get? Did you get a lift or did I got I got a lift and bigger wheels and I got a soft uh-huh. top with the sliders and a roof rack. I got the roof rack off. Mm-hmm. I did bumpers. I did a winch. Right. I, I used the winch yes. once. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> had onboard air compressor, which was good for like lowering the pressure and the thing. But I got too small of a one, so it would take me like an hour to air up after. That's the something I was looking at was air compressor. That way, if I want to go off road, you got to air down a little bit. Yeah, I got one now. It just plugs into the cigarette lighter. You don't need to. Like, I didn't need it on board under the hood. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, a few things I want to get. Well, I'd like a lift. Tell, uh, tell me what you're going to get. I'm going to tell you what you're never going to use. 
Yeah. I, I like the look of a suspension lift. Um, it already the uh, Wilderness came with a one inch lift uh, compared to the other Alpac mm-hmm. models, um, but I wouldn't mind getting a couple more. But then, it, what's, what do you think that's going to do to my gas mileage? I mean, I, I, I can. I don't know. I don't what mind the lift one does. or. It just feels like it would slow it down a little bit. Um. I like the wheels that came on it. They're black, but they're still... If they weren't black, they'd still be kind of like boring factory stock wheels. I'm thinking about uh, doing a little upgrade on the wheels, but I'm probably going to wait till the uh, tires run down. You know, get brand new tires on it. I don't want to get new tires. I don't know. I wonder if you can... Can you trade in tires? Can you sell... You, yeah, I guess you, you can. Yeah, you can sell used tires. You can sell used wheels, too, but that's the thing. Like, everybody mm-hmm. upgrades, so the, the market's flooded with all the stock parts that people are getting rid of. Yeah. That's true. Uh, go see what you're going to do with it first. I mean... Yeah. Go do some donuts on Palm Springs. See what you're going to... Mm-hmm. Thinking about uh, rooftop tent... That'd be dope. Not having to sleep on the ground with all the varmints. Well, you got. And yes, you gotta, the, you gotta the stay, wilderness. You got a station wagon. You got enough room to sleep inside. That's the thing. That people, That's true. People get those rooftop tents, and then what you forget too is that oh, did you drive to a campsite and then you want to go somewhere from that campsite and you have to pack up your tent to leave every time you want to mm-hmm. leave your campsite. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And if you want to talk, yeah, like I said, if you want to talk about something that's going to like destroy your gas mileage, put us put us yeah. put that on top of your car. You got a station wagon. Yeah, look at kits that I was looking at stuff it, that it like inflates inside to like convert the back into a sleeping area. Like it, like there's inf- stuff that you can inflate to fill up where the wheel where you put your legs and everything, so it fills that mm-hmm. out so you can put a sleeping bag down. Uh, that's I think where I mean. If it's just, if you're just talking about yourself, you're talking about Katie too. I don't know what kind of luxury you're looking at for two people to mm-hmm. sleep in there, but that's why I, I haven't looked at mine well enough to see if I can turn it like to be able to sleep inside of it. That's what I did to the Jeep is when I pulled out the pa- the passenger seat, just had a platform built mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that's nice. <clears throat> yeah, I want to do that. Maybe some rock sliders. Do you have rock sliders on the Jeep? Yep. We called them Nerf bars back in the day. I had rock sliders, never touched. Never touched anything with them? No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. I was driving over all the kinds of shit, and I thought, maybe one day. Nope. You know, the one thing I'm disappointed with this car, um, the sound system's not very good. Speakers kind of sucks. So I, I think i got to do an upgrade there. I've seen, I've, I've been on the... Uh, Outback Reddit. Oh, apparently, yeah. that's a, oh, yeah. a common complaint. You're uh, now you're in it. yeah yeah they, they were shitty, but I'm also like oh I already have like early forming tinnitus and I'm like maybe I don't need a louder. <laughs> maybe I don't need this. Yeah, it's not even that it's not loud. It's just it's just garbly. Yeah, it just just doesn't sound good. It's not a lot of oomph. Which is weird. Why? But there's so much tech in this car. Do you have the what do they call it the um, their special Subaru Starlink. You got the Starlink system in yours? I do. I, I never used it. But, I mean, they got all this tech, but yet they cut corners on the speakers. I don't understand that. And I know it's not, 
I know it's a utility type vehicle, but like still people going off road and whatnot still want to rock out. They want to have good sound. But yeah, that's an odd place to cut corners. But yeah, that's the first thing I got to do because you know I gotta I gotta rock out when I'm driving. Yeah, man, you're a music fan. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for you, man. You got a new whip. Time to Thank hit the you, road. Buddy. You got to take it. You got plans. You got on the road plans. Uh, I'm going to take it on the road in August. I'm doing a, a run with uh, Ryan Singer, so I'm going to take it out cross country. Okay. See what I can do as far as that. Uh, more recently, though, I, I plan on hopefully this week. I'm going to try to get up to uh, Gorman. Is it Gorman or Garmin? Where we went? Gorman. Yeah, up Gorman's off road spot. Mm-hmm. Go uh, up there. I, I mean, think. I just. I would, I'm assuming that's the closest. I mean, you ready to? It's either just dirt roads up there. Or you can get into some gnarly shit, but you might be uh, you might be retuning your new paint job on there, so be careful for that. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of where I went. What like that was? Gorman was fun to just kind of like, oh, I got this new stuff done to the Jeep. I want to go see what it does and fuck around mm-hmm. with it. I, then I almost killed us when we were out there because I almost flipped it. So sorry about that again. <laughs> Yeah, we did get into some gnarly shit. I remember that one. I'm like, I'm just going to go up this hill and realize how off-camber it was. And all of a sudden, it was like tilting to the one side. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I did not think. Uh, and that was a, that, I felt dumb after I did that. I felt like that was close to rolling that thing off the hill. And, oh, what a stupid thing. So, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Oh, man, I uh, was talking to some insurance companies the other day. I got the insurance on the new new whip. Insurance? Oh, man, they're so dumb. Insurance companies are so fucking stupid. First of all, and I've said this before, hey, assholes, how about once a year or once every five years, if if your customer never files a claim, how about a little kickback? How about a little rebate? No? Isn't that That would be too convenient. Isn't that somebody's racket? Some insurance company is like, oh, we we'll get some money back if you're a good. Oh, really? I thought What's... I thought one of the companies. I don't know. There's so many commercials for all that shit out there. I thought I heard it somewhere. But I'm talking to an agent, and I, I got it all hooked up. But uh, my <laughs> my suspension, my license suspension from a couple years ago, oh, popped yeah. up. And uh, I was like, so let me, and, and they, and like the increase was very noticeable. Like she gave me one quote, and then she's like, oh wait, hold on. We didn't see this license suspension, but I'm like, yeah, uh, it's the one loose gummy. I was was like, look, I know you don't make these rules and whatnot, but just hear me out. It's a random weed gummy where I'm where you're insuring my vehicle now in California. Those random weed gummies are completely legal. So there's no there's no discretion on that. She's like, no. I go, okay, But then I go also uh, L.A. probably. Go ahead. (laughs) You, as a police officer, do you understand the right to remain silent is there to protect the individual from the police so as to not yeah, self-incriminate? Well, he had a dog. Stop. And I was like, I'm talking even with in the, my mind. Even with the insurance companies. Stop telling well, me. Well, no, she already saw the suspension. She saw the suspension. Yeah, don't give her. And, she's, and she saw the charge. But no, I was like, listen, my logic was, so you're going to charge me, I think the jump just for that one tick was like 70 bucks a month. Like, it was a pretty, and it's like, so you're charging me an extra, you know, 70 a month or whatever the six month rate was, 400 and some dollars for a fucking random weed gummy. 
that is legal in the state that I live in and that this car will be driven and parked in most of the time. So, okay, so okay, let's that's that's how you think in that regard. Also, LA probably if if not the probably top 5, top 10 in the world of car theft and car break-ins. Hey, I live in an apartment where we have a gated parking lot that's a very highly secure. Do I get a discount for that? No. No. So <laughs> the fact that it's there's no difference between parking my car in a gated parking lot as opposed to just on the street, there, there's no differential in that. But there is a $70 differential from a suspended license for one weed gummy. Okay, gotcha, insurance companies. They all suck so bad. Yeah, you don't have to tell me that. You might get... I got a discount because if you have a Subaru, do you have that, like, eyesight stuff in there? Yeah. That's what you'll get a discount for. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even so think about that. Tell them about that. Because that's accident prevention. Still... That's like onboard accident prevention. Yeah, no, insurance companies aren't looking to save you money. Oh, of course not. But it's and if you're the fact that they a criminal from having a DUI, Dave, from having a DUI, mm-hmm. you are fucked. And everybody lines up to take turns fucking you. Yeah. Does that? When does that go away? Like, will that ever go off your it's, driving record as far as I, your insurance? I mean, insurance and everything. But even going to Canada for shows in Vancouver a couple months ago, the guy was mm-hmm. still trying to give me shit. At the border, like, I don't know, this says something happened here. I'm like, yeah, but it's past 10 years, so it's off the record. And he's like, we were driving, so we are at, like, the driving kiosk or what have uh-huh. you. And the guy's like, I don't know, do you want to go inside and talk about it? And I was just like, not really, because I know it's cleared. So what do you want to do? Yeah. And the guy was just like, oh, my fucking hard-ass routine isn't working. So, yeah, I guess go ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't a dick. I was just like, no, I don't want to go inside. I mean, I know, I know it's all clear, so... If you, I mean, if you want to go inside, we can, but I, I know that it's not an issue. Yeah, that's exactly what I'd like to do, sir. <laughs> like to delay well, my commute no, by just, going in and he, rehashing this thing. So I've had very pleasant border guards, and I've had uh, the just ego trip fuck faces. That that's they, you know, I, I I'm sorry that the rest of your life has led to you thinking you need to exert control in this moment. That's I saw that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I basically acquiesced with TSA and everything now. Of like, all right, you guys suck, but you're here, and I need to get on this plane. So I paid, I did the <laughs> dance and got pre-check and all that bullshit. But I was leaving Charlotte. It's like, of like, of all like the, like, okay, the TSA, like, they're, they're like taking every third bag. It's, and it's Sean Patton already has the joke, but it really is the smallest airports that really think they're going to thwart the next 9-11. Yeah. It's like, I fly out. It's Chicago, New York, L.A., and people are like, go ahead. But, oh, Charlotte? Yeah, we better we better see exactly how much toothpaste is left in this tube. Okay, thanks for stopping oh. terrorism, TSA Charlotte. Yeah. But so they're grabbing yeah. everybody's bag, and, they're, and, it's, and it's, it's like a, it's a black TSA employees, and it's like an older woman looking at the screen, I'm like, I don't, she, I know she's trying to do her job, but she's one of these, like, she's trying to do such a good job, it's just, all right, yeah. everybody's bag is pulled out of this thing. And then it's the most, like, a, a white woman with a New England accent of like, oh, I just don't understand, this is, like, oh, God, not you. Like, not, if anybody it's going to complain, it cannot be you. 
You already look like you complain <laughs> for sport. You know? <laughs> and and then her husband's like, well, even though we're pre-check, it doesn't matter. And the woman, like, she's like, if it gets pulled out, it has to be checked. It doesn't matter what status you have, it has to be checked. And it's like, I saw both sides of it, of like, this woman is overzealous with checking bags. These people just think that they're you know, past the point of having to deal with what everybody else has to deal with. But then yeah. it's like, well, okay, fine. The, the, the old white lady, what, she was being a bitch. And so, and I wanted to lean in, I'm like, you know if you're shitty, they can just take as long as they want. Like, oh, <laughs> you don't know how the world works, lady. Yeah. I've been there, I've seen it happen, like, oh, you don't like me? So I'm gonna sit there, that's happened with me and Rachel, where I'm like, Rachel, go get on the plane, they don't like me, because I told them they suck. Uh, yeah, that happened coming home from a trip. Well, all I told Rachel, I was like, like, anyway, long story short, I'm like, I'm, I just told, I was telling Rachel, I'm like, well, they don't give a shit if you don't get on your plane or not because they don't work for the airlines. They work for TSA. And the lady's like, what'd you say? What did you call me? I'm like, I didn't call you anything. I just told you, you don't care if we get on our plane or not. Check his bag again. I'm like, Rachel, go ahead and get on the plane. I'm going to sit here. Because it's like, they're fucking garbage they can choose to be garbage at any moment. Yeah. Because they can. They they aren't always like that. It's a it's a stupid it's security theater. But if they want to fuck with you, they can. Just like the Canadian guys, just like the probably just like insurance agents. Oh well. As a matter of fact, we can charge you more for this. Yeah, TSA, it's weird too because they're not beholden to a bottom line or profit and loss. You know, it's not a business. So what the fuck do they care? You know, well, they, most everything else in that realm. Yeah. Most, you know, there's no uh, incentive for customer service. Like what are they? We're not selling anything. We don't. And we have a monopoly on this. What are you going to go next time? You're going to go through another process. Like, no, you're all trapped. You're all funneled in here. Well, this, and this, I always wonder, like, you know how people were saying, like, with the masks, where like, they're slowly chipping away at your rights, you don't even notice. I'm like, get over yourself. But then that's what happened with air mm. travel. Yeah. Like, yeah. one one guy, one guy put a mm-hmm. bomb in his shoes that didn't work Tw- over 20 years ago, or whenever that happened. But Yeah. Like, yeah, and think of the, probably at this point, Billions of people that have had that that has affected. Yeah, but this was, or at least hundreds <coughs> of millions of people have had to take their shoes off at the airport ever since that yeah. one idiot. And this lady, I mean, she was pulling. Over, he's like, "Well, what's this?" I'm like, "I," because I tell her, "I'm like, tell me what part of the bag you want. You're looking at. I could tell you what zipper to undo. So you're not tearing my shit up. What's this right here? It's the kit of nail clippers that I've brought on every flight for the past five years, buddy. But if you need to look at them with your own eyeballs, go ahead and look at them with your own eyeballs." Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because it's these scissors here. The scissors with the rounded tip that are TSA approved. Yeah, okay, let's go take a look at those. But that's like, oh, they have done that. They have chiseled away at your rights without backtracking it, without lightening up on it. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to pay money. Unless you want to pay to have TSA, which I did. Mm-hmm. I paid for that clear, which I'm like, all right, I paid for this one. Scan my eyeballs, I don't give a shit. 
What now? What does that do for you? Uh, it's, it's just an even quicker way to get through some airports. Not in every airport, but it's just an even yeah. quicker way to just get to the front of any line. Because like I got, I got my air, I got my airport scheduled down. I, yeah. I get there. <laughs> I go. I usually I try to get there a half hour before boarding, or forty five minutes before. Okay. Boarding. Really? Yeah. That's. That's ballsy, dude. I mean, I got all the stuff to get through pre-check and everything. Yeah. It's I got. Oh, I had three beers. I got. I got delayed. But I was flying back yesterday. I had to get off the airplane. There's like some problem with the airplane. I'm like, well, get off. You're gonna get back on the same plane, or like, we'll get a new plane. But everybody's gonna be on the same seats, you know. So I get off the plane. I'd slept about two hours. Took a weed gummy to get from Charlotte to Denver. This is in Denver. I got now. I got an extra couple hours there. I get off. I have a few beers. I get back on the plane. Everybody's back in their original seats. <clears throat> the guy sitting next to me for the first part, like when we first got on the plane, had like a blue shirt and blue and, and I just remember he had like blue Doc Martens and blue shirt and he had sleeve tattoos. And then I get on, and now now that guy who's sitting next to me. Now he's got like a salmon-colored shirt and salmon-colored shoes, but he's got sleeve tattoos. But I had a few beers, <laughs> and I, was, I just had to go. I'm like, hey, you're not the same guy from before, right? He's like, no, no, I had changed seats. I'm like, okay, because you look a lot like the other guy. I was like, my man changed his whole look in the airport. For... <laughs> and it's one of those like... And he was like a... Similar looking guy I, I beyond mean, the clothes. Yeah, I didn't really look at him in the face. He's right next to him. I'm just seeing his arms mm-hmm. with the tattoos. I didn't remember yeah. what tattoos. I just remember like kind of sleeve tattoos. And like, uh-huh. I just remember the dude had blue Doc Martens. Like, oh, I've never seen like blue Doc Martens like that before. Now the guy had like pink shoes on and a pink shirt. And I remember the other dude was blue. I'm like, you just change up your look for this flight. And then I was laughing and I'm realizing like, I didn't need to tell you any of that, buddy. I just had a few drinks at the bar. It's like, no, he's like, I think it's funny. <laughs> This fucking guy dyed his hair and gained fifty pounds. I did. I made. I made. Change his clothes. I was. I was on one man. I was. I. I got to the bar in Denver, and then I don't know. Some some weird lady was talking to the guy next to me, and then she left. And I was like, she's gone, right? I just finished her soft pretzel. I just say she left the whole. She left like. It was like seventy percent of a soft pretzel. It was like. Yeah, I was like, I'm eating that. The kind I'm of dangle, that. it was the kind of dangles off the thing too. If it was on a plate, I'd probably be like, nah. But it was a dangler; they had it on a hook. I'm like, oh, that's just oh, right, right. Yeah, that's just swinging free. It's not like it's on a plate with somebody's dirty <laughs> napkins or something. Oh, you got that good whole grain yeah. mustard. I'm gonna clean this up. Yeah, I like picking fruit off a tree. Yeah, let me go bust it's this right table there. real quick. Mm-hmm. I ate somebody else's pretzel. <laughs> thought one guy was a different guy. I was having, I was having a day yesterday. <laughs> How many drinks did you have? I, oh, I only had uh, like three beers. Okay. Oh, so this was all the weed gummy, you think? I think I don't know. It was like it was a five milligram weed gummy and three, beer, but also no sleep. And you ever just? Mm-hmm. I don't want to just give all the credit to the weed gummy or the beer, but just to have a day. <coughs> you ever have one of those days where you're just like, not that like not not in a bad nihilistic way, but of like, ah, a lot of these rules we're abiding by are kind of just guidelines. <laughs> I, that's, I think that's what I was telling myself while I was looking at this lady's pretzel and she was talking to that guy I'm like there's no way she's finishing this pretzel if she leaves I made up my mind I'm like if she leaves I'm going to eat this pretzel yeah and she left I ate that pretzel I'm like yeah why Why would anybody freak out 
The guy she was talking to was reading a book about Montana. I was like, she's gone. I'm like, I'm going to eat her pretzel. He's like, yeah, why let food go to waste? I'm like, I like you, buddy. (laughs) There is something about air travel in terms of it's liberating Dave, that, like, I, okay, I, I, I don't... Dave, can I tell you something right now? Uh-huh. I have uh, not been talking into the microphone this entire episode. Oh, you bastard. I, <laughs> what do you mean, not talking into I, the microphone? I had, on, <laughs> I had it on the arm down to my side, and it's been picking it up, but not... It, I bet, I think it's still usable. <laughs> oh. Motherfucker. Fuck it. Right. Let's Th- use it. 36, 36 minutes in. <laughs> in the middle of the oh. store, I was like, I was on one yesterday. And then I was on one last night when I got to, I just, I got stoned with the cat. I was watching the staircase show. I'm dumb as fuck, man. Oh, it was still, re- it was still reading on the Zoom. <laughs> oh. oh my god alright well do you wanna we'll see how it works <laughs> oh god I just cause it <sighs> I hope it works I hope it's a usable can you turn it up on your end yes yes I can turn you up on my end or maybe we could tell uh, Aristotle <laughs> yeah, I, I'll mess with it. We'll see. Because we, st- yeah, I say we just keep going. We, I can, I can edit all this part out. But yeah, well, we don't even have to. Like, we start the episode and we're talking, and then I, I fucked up the Zoom recorder to start it, and then I got distracted and uh-huh. put the microphone up to my face. Oh man! All right. Well, <laughs> fuck. Maybe I shouldn't leave the house today. <laughs> it's one of those like, nah. Stay close to home, buddy. You're danger to yourself and others. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's why, there's, as much as I hate air travel, there is something liberating about, well, I'm not driving. You know, I, I don't have to do anything but show up and sit. And then yeah. most of the time, not most of the time, but, you know, certain percentage of the time, where when I land, I may not be driving. You know, there's a lot of trips that I take where yeah. I don't rent a car or anything. So, uh, but, yeah, there is something... Just like, all right, I made it to the airport. I made it past security. Here I am. Mm-hmm. I think about that sometimes. Like, I've gone on trips like that. Let's say you go on vacation for 10 days. And I don't know if that's a great example. But I've gone on trips where I, I knew I wasn't driving the whole time. I, I love just getting through security and being like, oh, I don't have to really be responsible <laughs> for a motor vehicle for the next two weeks. Yeah. So game on. Yeah. Oh, it's very. It's, I love that feeling. It's very liberating. Like somebody else is driving. Fucking, I could just close my eyes and sleep whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You still you sleep on planes? Oh yeah. I was snoring yesterday. Yeah. I knew that. I can't do it. I can't. I've got that bit about it, but it's true. I I fucking whimper, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm it's not good sleep. Yeah, it's not good sleep. But. It was something. Well, you an aisle or a window guy, dude? I'm a whatever seat they give me guy now because I don't I don't uh, subscribe to any one airline anymore. 
Mm-hmm. I'm at the play. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they all suck. So I just need the the cheapest and or f- quickest way to get somewhere. Yeah, and uh, it's dip. It's it's usually bouncing between United. I I broke my United. I think I talked about that. I broke my United boycott just on the fact that like they didn't get better, but everybody else got just as bad. So yeah, and now I live in Oregon, so it's like there's I got less choices than like flying out of L.A. So I just fly whatever, whatever. You put me in a middle seat, I deal with the middle seat. I'm all right. I'm a, I'm a little guy. I don't. <laughs> I like the window. I don't want to be bothered. I usually take the aisle. I, I take the aisle seat because I got to pee if I've been, especially if I've been, yeah. been drinking at the airport. No, I, I train my body not to urinate on planes. Yeah. Oh, we discussed this. Yeah, that's not healthy, Dave. Mm-hmm. If you got to pee, you got to go pee, man. I want you to pee more, Dave. I want you to take care of yourself. I want you to flush the flush those pipes every so often. No, I do. I stay hydrated, but like on days I travel, I definitely uh I tone it down. I tone down the any type of uh liquid. Except unless like I said, unless it's just game on. All right, I'm gonna get drunk on this airplane then of course. You purposely don't drink fluids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, Sometimes flying to hydrate. T- I know. I know. We talked about this in person. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Uh, sometimes when I travel, whether it be by plane or by car, um, if I'm feeling a little um, shaky with the digestion, I'll just shut it down and pop a few Pepto, <clears throat> little Pepto capsules, chews, and uh, yeah, I just I just put the clothes sign. So you dehydrate yourself window. and lock up shop uh-huh. <clears throat> out the back. <laughs> Lock up the back door. This sounds great. Sounds like a healthy way to look at life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you're like the 44 uh, years old. Never, yeah. Never shit my. I shit my pants. Last time I shit my pants was in second grade. So, so I'm doing something right. No, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> to, to having control over your own body is like why you shouldn't shit your pants. Not because you've taken chemicals to prevent yourself from shitting at all. That's you never not, do that. Like, let's say you hit the Indian buffet the day before, and you got some rumbling or whatever. And next morning, you got a long commute. I, I can't be. That's the worst feeling. I hate that feeling of like, oh god, if get out of my way, everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's why I used to run lights and sirens in the cop car. You know, now I'm a I'm a civilian now. I don't I don't have access to. Lights and sirens, so I just, oh, I hate that feeling. I mean, I don't like the feeling. Emergency shit. But yeah, but my feeling is like, if it's some, if there's something that wants to get out of my body, let it. <laughs> don't hold on to it. Yeah, this thing. It, <laughs> let it. Hey, this hey, this dragon wants to get out of your house. Good, don't keep it in the house so it can wreck all my shit. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. I don't want you either. <laughs> Oh man, should we get to an, uh, a topic? Let's yeah, let's. This fucking episode is all of. <laughs> yeah, this I, is some I really hope stuff. I really hope it's usable. I really hope that the, not only not only we're we just talking about bad drivers, like who gives a shit? I I wasn't even talking into the mic. Oh god, top ten episode. If I say so myself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've only been doing this for what, six, seven years? Well, I'll go fuck myself. Oh my god. <laughs> that one's on me. I'm sorry. Let's talk let's get to the topic. 
Kyle, what is going on in the fucking world? Is it me or is things crazier than ever right now? Uh, crazier than ever, I mean, but probably getting crazier, so. I, I lost track. I saw something yesterday about uh, there's been X amount of shootings, uh, mass shootings since Uvalde last week. Yeah. Since the Texas thing. Like, what is going Every fucking day there's a shooting. Now I'm hearing, I don't know any of the details, but according to my YouTube algorithm, there's a pending economic collapse. Well, maybe when there's an exorbitant inflation and the national minimum wage is still a little over $7, that has something to do with it. How is that still? How how is anybody justifying that? Oh, they're not. I mean, I think our system's just broken. We just have a broken system. It was 525 when I was in high school, 27 years ago. Yeah, I watched, uh, I was watching a, a, a video of somebody driving around, maybe they were driving around Los Angeles, and I forget what, maybe it was like 15 years ago. And gas was like a dollar sixty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like capitalism is not a good uh, blueprint. Almost, it's almost like that's not going to work. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know, man. This is something we've talked about before. This is something that's been on the back of my mind for years. But like, you know, we're adults now. We, you gotta. And I'm. I have a, technically a family. I have a wife. You 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 have a common law wife and a cat. Yeah, like, there's it's it's all on our shoulders. Guess we are if the shit law. hits the fan. Yeah, uh, like it's easy to be in your own little bubble and like, well, I'll be fine. Blah blah. But like, I can't help but think in the back of my mind that one day we might see some sort of semi post apocalyptic situation, some sort of societal crumble. And then what? Yeah. What the fuck are we supposed to do then? I can't say I haven't had those thoughts. So I often think, what do I do? You know, especially something about Los Angeles that is scary just because there's so many people. There's just so many people in such a tiny area. I mean, it's, you know, not as dense as, say, you know, New York, but still just. Like, what happens if there's just civil unrest? Like, you got to figure out your escape route. First, how do I get the fuck out of the city? What's my quickest route? You know, I, I grab Charlie Truman, Harvey, and my wife, throw mm-hmm. everybody in the Subaru, yeah. and figure out my escape route. But then once I get out of the city, if I can get out of the city alive, then where the fuck do I go? And yeah. part of me wants to just buy some land in Montana or Wyoming or something. I don't know. But anyway, well, uh, I did a little research. I'll, I'll say that to you. Who's to say that that's going to be your land by the time you get up there? Exactly. Exactly. That's what's that saying about preppers? Like you're just gathering goods for the guys with the guns. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have guns. So I was thinking, you know, 
I, and I'm not. I don't want to be. I don't want to sensationalize this. I don't want to be doom and gloom. But like, <laughs> you'd be insane to watch the news, whether it be local, national, or global, and and just think everything. I'll be fine. Everything's fine. Everything's not fine. So what 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 are you gonna do? And I'm, you know, we we talk about prepping, we, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I joke about, I, I'm into that stuff, but I'm, I, I'm not a prepper. I don't have a basement. I don't have a shed. I live in an apartment. Kind of hard to be a prepper when you live in a two bedroom apartment. But, <laughs> you know, I think with my situation, we've talked about bug out versus bug in. Bug in means you're hunkering down wherever you're at. You're not leaving till. Things are good. Bug out means you're getting the fuck out of town. I obviously would have to... I'm in a situation right now where I'd have to bug out. Imagine bugging in in an apartment in Los Angeles. Total shit hits the fan. I mean, isn't that what people are just doing now? (laughs) Isn't bugging in just what the housing crisis is making people do? Yeah. Yeah. Unintentionally. So anyway, I did a little research. I I found uh, some guidelines, some tips on not only... uh, specifically where to go but just in general some points that you have to consider if the shit hit the fan now of course you have your shit hit the fan just you know kind of all-encompassing but obviously different strategies depending on what the catastrophe is you know if there's an economic collapse we got to deal with certain factors if there's uh, natural disasters there's other things to deal with but just kind of in general if, if you're looking to get away from the bullshit what things should you consider? One, all right. and, and all right, and for the sake of this uh, discussion, this is just in the United States or North America. I know we do have some international listeners, but in terms of if you're in North America, where do you go? What do you do? Well, first thing you need to look at in terms of a location, you need to be somewhere with a low population density. Um, this might be the most important factor just because – if something's driving you away from a large group of people, then you need to go somewhere where you got some elbow room. And just something scares me about population density, especially in the city. And um, yeah. Civil unrest. So you want to go somewhere that's, uh, I you know, low population density, but not completely isolated. Uh, this one article advises to stay away from coastlines. I keep hearing that. Uh, stay away from the coast. Stay away from big cities. Stay away from the coast. Why the coastlines? Uh, I guess, is it an infrastructure thing? Is it you're automatically backing yourself into a corner? Oh, okay, okay. Unless you have, unless you have access to, you know, boats and stuff. But, so I would think uh, that's like, I, th- yeah. I would think like boats or island, like a boat. Well, yeah, I guess if you've got a boat, that's not, you're not restricting yourself to coastline. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, like, in theory, the ultimate bug out would be to hop on a boat and get the hell out. But the problem then is when you get to wherever you're going, then you're not going to have access to supplies and stuff like that, <clears throat> most likely. Um, you want to relocate to somewhere where there's not a ton of natural disasters. Uh, I think that's maybe why they want you to avoid coastlines in terms of hurricanes and things of that nature. But then... It seems like almost 
anywhere in North America you go, you're going to be prone to some sort of natural disaster, no? Yeah, what's the natural disaster that's right for you? You know, really choose what you want to put up with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you go... You know, in the Great Plains, you got tornadoes. Near the near water, you got hurricanes. Anywhere, well, no, I guess not anywhere. Fault lines, yeah. Stay off of. I was going to mm-hmm. say anywhere could have an earthquake, but then I forgot what causes those. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You could. There are places that uh, don't have many earthquakes. I guess that's the one that you can. Hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a place in North America that has a, a low percentage of all these. Uh. Yeah, I. Th- I, I uh, my concerns, I, I, I kind of, not like I pay a lot of attention to it, but every time I see some article about like, oh, we found a new way to extract water from like, okay, this is what is going to be important. Like, like how do you, yeah. like what, you think about the place, but if you don't have food or water, I mean, I guess this is like, who, what do you prioritize for first? Mm-hmm. You know, cool, I got this land out somewhere. Okay, you get to that land. Do you have a well? If you don't have a yeah. well, what where, what are you going to do? Go to the store? You're talking about the apocalypse. This this is this is where I get to thinking like, what? Yeah, it's fun to daydream. It's it's like it's like survival cosplay. I don't think mm-hmm. I had you know I had the earthquake kit, but yeah, earthquake is like yeah the life straw and some food for like what do they save? However many days. Yeah. Because you're days? because you're assuming that then the, okay then the government would come in disaster relief would come in and set things up, but also again L.A. everybody's self centered. If you're the only one with an earthquake kit amongst ten households that are nearby, maybe that's not your earthquake yeah. kit anymore. Exactly. Yeah, definitely going somewhere where you have uh, access to fresh water is, is hugely important. Whether it be a well or creek, stream, lake, whatever, um, you want to ideally you need to locate relocate somewhere where there's wild game, or at mm-hmm. the very least uh, fertile land for growing crops. That's something too. I think we could all benefit from is uh, a little agriculture one hundred and one. Yeah, a little gardening. Mm-hmm. We went by, uh, we were at Rachel's brother's house. We walked by, people just have chickens around here. I'm like, I think I would want a chicken. I think I want some, yeah. chi- I think I want some chickens. They- I thought about having a chicken coop one time. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that being something that crosses uh, crosses your mind. <laughs> I could see that being no, a Dave Stone <laughs> thought. Uh. Fifteen years ago, when I lived in Ball Ground, Georgia, I uh, had a little house. Uh, I was renting it, but we were doing like a rent-to-own situation. We had about an acre of land, and uh, my girlfriend at the time and I both were like, "Let's." I mean, we, she got a couple of books on it and stuff. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's get a little chicken coop. And uh, ultimately, we decided it was just more trouble than it was worth at the time. Yeah, I was now in something like this, you put up with it, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, like, eh, I could just get my own chicken. It's yeah, it's for food. Well, I meant yeah, I wouldn't, you know, for the eggs. Source source of protein. Yeah. Also, we were thinking maybe Lil D would like having chicken friends. I don't know. Cat seems to get lonely maybe sometimes. That. Maybe she wants some chicken buddies. <laughs> no, if I had land, I would. I seriously, I would have chickens. I would love to have some goats. 
goat. Some, got somebody's got a goat. Yeah, somebody's got a goat down the street from here. Love a goat. Yeah, lawn care. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You want to go somewhere with a low crime rate? I mean, I feel like all that kind of shit's out the out the window. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, that's not going to be. Crime is going to look different in a post-apocalyptic scenario. Mm-hmm. They say, uh, you know, stay away from ma- major cities because, well, again, depending on what catastrophe we're talking about. But um, well, I mean, look at like the Rodney King riots. People, you know, they call them the Roof Koreans because Koreatown's yeah. not far from where a lot of those riots were happening in South Central, and they started moving up. Mm-hmm. And then, then yeah. that, that's where people, that's where like pro gun people use that as one of their arguments of like <clears throat> that's how they saved their businesses. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of their very few real scenarios of like. Here's a public uprising <clears throat> quelled by firearms. Not quelled, but they protected yep. their land with firearms from an unruly mm-hmm. mob. So, yeah, because the cops definitely weren't. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to argue no matter how how much you want to break apart. You know, yeah, the, the why I, I don't think tearing up somebody's private property is ever really justified, but societal anger and frustration at the cops and, you know, underlying systemic racism, you could say all that stuff, but then Mm a bunch of people come to a business that immigrants came to this country for a better life and they're not going to let it go without a fight. Yeah. And they sat there and fought back and saved a lot of their own businesses during that. So, Mm -hmm. Firearms. I hate this. Is not yeah. this is not like I don't know enough about it, and maybe this isn't the time to have that argument. But yeah, I would. I would. In a daydream scenario of of civil unrest, yeah, we'd probably want guns. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah, it's not the best time to to be on that side of the fence. But uh, I'm definitely anti assault rifle. I, I, I you know. That's something I can get down with. Like these fucking open carry idiots walking into McDonald's with their goddamn AR 15s. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're mentally ill. You're fucking mentally ill. Have you seen these pictures going around? I don't know if there's some Twitter trend or Instagram trend, but I've just been, see- been seeing so many pictures of like these pro gun guys uh, posing with their guns. Just a guy sitting in his living room. He's got 75 different guns all yeah, laid out in front of him. I mean, I mean, Every, am I every, am I wrong? Every scene or are you has mentally its, ill. If you need seventy five fucking guns, every scene has its dorks. Yeah. No, I'm all for firearms in terms of personal protection. Yeah. Just like you said, the, the the roof Koreans, perfect example. As I'm currently, but I don't as know I'm why cur- somebody needs seventy five. As guns. I'm currently fondling my eight knives I have on my counter next to me. Yeah, I yeah, I just don't understand that mindset. Just the the open carry assault rifles out in public, just dude. Well, you know, I'm sick of taking the bait. I think so many of these things are getting posted because it's they it's it's the people get off knowing they're upsetting another part of the population. Yeah, fucking yeah. all the let's go Brandon bumper stickers, but on both sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, but more, I, I far more on the right side so it seems to be since Trump was like oh we 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 love trolling we love it trolling's our thing you're upset cool you're triggered that's their their the the whole so 
anytime I see that one picture of the guy with all his guns, I have to think that, guess what? There's also probably somebody that's like, you know, lefty as fuck that also has all those guns and they're not stupid enough to post a picture of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's the Socialist Rifle Association, there's John Brown Gun Club, there's all kinds of firearms organizations that align with the politics I would agree with more. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not like, hey, yeah, let's not post the picture of all our guns. I fucking come and take them. Because mm-hmm. that's the argument. Like, the government's going to come and take my guns. The government has tanks, you fucking dork. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a fucking tank? Yeah, I feel like if the government wants your guns, A, they would have already taken them. And if not, B, they they could take them when they want to take them. Now, I understand, you know, that side of the fence, uh, you know, Ruby Ridge and mm-hmm. from my cold dead hands. It's like, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that sounds great in theory. But uh I, and I don't. I'm speaking out my ass. Maybe I, I don't know the stats, but can we get? Can that side? Can they gather enough troops, enough militia to? How many active military people do we have in this country? It's got to be thousands and thousands. I'm just saying. Yeah, fucking tanks. All the look at what we spend on military defense. But I think the issue there is that also that a lot of those people that would be manning those tanks are probably also yeehaw Second Amendment folks, so they therefore True. they would not True. be participating in that. Yeah, definitely a conflict of interest there. Yeah, so I think maybe that's the the reasoning as I as I talk this issue out out loud here. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I got no fucking answers. Uh, let me th- let me throw some uh, specific locations at you. By the way, also uh, they they say stay away from major cities because uh, in a evacuation situation, those people are going to be sprawling out outside. You you don't want to be within an hour or two of a city because in a, in a situation like this, because then eventually you're going to have all those evacuated folks uh, wandering through your land. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. some specific locations, according to uh, some of these articles. Uh, the Idaho Panhandle slash Western Montana seems to be a very, uh, this keeps popping up on all all the research, that area. Uh, some people think it might be the safest region in the entire U.S. The uh, Idaho Panhandle, Western Montana. You got the mountains. You got uh, tons of wildlife. You got edible plants. You got water and rivers and lakes. You have land to grow food uh, and very low population density. So that all makes sense. But the problem, doing some of this research, the problem, I, like, okay, yeah, this is a Idaho and Montana, great place to go. But once the shit hits the fan, won't a lot of people be thinking this way and like, oh, let's. Let's go to Idaho or Montana. So how do you keep people, I, <laughs> once the shit hit the, hits the fan, how do you keep people, keep people away from where you ran off to hide? Yeah, if you, I, I, again, this is, I, if you want to go and have your, 
Do you think you're going to restart society with your brood? Then you have to think of this as a full-time job now. Mm-hmm. I don't... I just like, oh, the fucking world's ending? All right, let's get into the good drugs and see you later. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking... Wh- yeah. Because I think about, like, think about life after you survive that impact. Then it's just... What, what, what? Oh, speaking of which, dude. <laughs> I talked about, just, just an aside here. Drinking your old piss, the eating new- horse meat. All right, sure. <laughs> that new Kids in the Hall, there's, uh, I think it might be the same episode that had the Shakespeare uh, sketch I was talking about. Same episode. There's a running, uh, they go back to it a couple times, but uh, Dave Foley just plays a radio DJ in a post-apocalyptic bunker. <laughs> <laughs> and he just has one forty-five single. I forgot the name of the song. It's, uh, God damn, what's the name? It's a song you've heard. You know it if you heard it. But yeah. he just keeps playing the same song over and over. And then, like, when he comes to do his talk breaks, he'll, like, kick it into Mr. Radio DJ Guy. But then as soon as he turns his mic off, there's just this thousand-yard vacant stare. <laughs> <laughs> He's just alone in a bunker. Tell you what, I gotta go. I, I, I just got lazy watching it. I gotta watch it. I got lazy watching oh, it. God, I mean, it's so fucking funny. But yeah, it just seems like yeah, post-apocalyptic survival does seem like a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I just uh, let's go ahead. I just that's why I'm thinking the same thing. I'm just like I. I, I not that like life isn't worth fighting for. If there's a hope of like if we can get here, we'll be all right. I'm talking like. Shit's gone. The roads are blowing up. There's no water. You know, I'm like, all right. Well, like, what, are you, what, are you, what are you clinging on to? That's that's the that's the beauty of not having kids. Like, eh. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about that shit. I, I had a I had a good run. Yeah. I did I, I did all the stuff I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have it's not, I, I, you know, granted, I mean, if you're with somebody, it can't it can't just be like, well, we're going to die. Like, all right, well, let's have a discussion. <laughs> you know, okay, we'll have a chit-chat about it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, another place that shows up on the list of uh, locations to relocate to when the shit hits the fan, the Western Dakotas. Uh, I was talking about staying off the coastlines, um, both, both north and south, the western part of the Dakotas. Um, Pretty much as far from the coastlines as you could get. Like, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about hurricanes. Not they're not near any major cities. I wonder what the biggest city. What maybe Minneapolis? No, but then you know. can just fucking freeze to death. Yeah, that's true too. Um, but yeah, a lot you know. Low, again, low population density. A lot of land for growing crops. A lot of wildlife. Yeah, uh, running running through the list here. Oh, Northern Arizona. This is something I would consider. This would be probably the closest bug out location to Los Angeles. But uh, Northern Arizona, I absolutely love it. It's, it. I mean, Southern Arizona is great too. But I just love uh, like Flagstaff, whatever that national park is above Flag. About oh yeah, you can get a little thirty miles. Gets a little snow. Flagstaff. Yeah. I spent a week at uh, camping in a national park. I forgot the name of it, but it was near Flagstaff. Just absolutely gorgeous. 
so pretty up there. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's a good place. Uh, you know, a lot of land, a lot of wildlife, um, a lot of water in terms of streams and creeks and stuff. Uh, Northern New Hampshire slash Western Maine. Well, Boy, talk about being. Uh, it's in the middle Western of nowhere. Maine. Yeah, you got you got middle of nowhere. You got uh, probably water sources. You're not worried about uh, water sources, but then if you've got water sources, it probably means because you got to worry about winter. Mm-hmm. So if you're just running off to get away from stuff, okay. If you got a house or a cabin, maybe. But then if you got a cabin, that's a permanent location. So if people find out you got a cabin with a bunch of shit in it, they're going to come for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, last on the list, and this makes sense. Um, most of the Appalachian Mountain range, uh, Eastern Kentucky, um, that whole area. Yeah. That that's where, um, or is it? Yeah. That's where, uh, what's his name? Olympic uh, bomber, Atlanta. Uh, Eric Robert Rudolph. He hid out in the Appalachian Mountains for mm-hmm. like five years. Was it five years? Like five or six years, completely undetected. Um, I don't know how much time you spend the Appalachians, but it's crazy how vast they are. Well, just like we saw uh, when we were camping in Humboldt the other month. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, if you wanted yeah. to hide, you could hide up here. Mm-hmm. But then you got to think about like, well, if you want to fire, then you got to hide the smoke because people. You have, have you ever read The Road by Cormac McCarthy? No, you you were telling me about it. Yeah, it's bleak. It is fucking bleak. Um, but yeah, it was like, oh, we can't. You know, if we, we want to eat food. Well, we can't cook anything because if we have a fire, people will see smoke and they'll find us by that. Well, we want to drink water. Well, that water, but that's water that's going to make you sick. And it really was. I mean, this guy had this kid and struggling to like keep the kid alive. And I'm like, oh Jesus, what a it's it's bleak, buddy. It is a bleak one. And yeah, he's just walking yes, walking yes. through with a shopping cart with scavenging different things. Mm. So again, what are you gonna do? Have a car? Cool. Where's your gasoline? Yeah. Think about having a car. Think about, like, oh, you got this great Subaru off-road capabilities. Oh, your tie rod broke. Or just a, you got it flat. You got two flats. Mm-hmm. I was mm. uh, looking at a list of um, bug-out bag stuff. I was updating my bug-out bag the other day, and uh, I never thought about this. I've got, Obviously, first aid kit is something, you know, probably very top towards the list. Mm-hmm. Uh but this guy was talking about a surgical kit. Ooh, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, could you imagine trying to do surgery on yourself? There's a guy uh, in Antarctica famously had to give himself an appendectomy because he was a doctor and oh. got appendicitis in Antarctica. He was the doctor for the people down there. So he had to have a, mir- oh. a mirror put up above him and give himself an appendectomy. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. Like, could you, how, do you, how do you do that? I, you think about just like what minor stuff is so like, like I'd, that a new season of Alone started. You, were you watching that, Dave, that show Alone on Discovery Channel? Yes, <clears throat> we, we talked about that a few years ago when it first came out. Yeah. I watched that first season, but I, have not, I haven't seen it in a few years. I, wa- I need to get back into I it. I watch. Oh, you realize how... Much a little like oh I cut my hand but if that gets infected like how much is little things like little things you take for granted in society Mm -hmm. yeah 
Just warmth, just being able to stay warm when you want to be warm, turning on the heat in your house, having refrigeration. Like, oh, cool, I, I hunted a large animal. What's the point if you can't preserve that much meat? Yeah. And what are you going to do? You're going to smoke it? All right, well, you could smoke it. That takes a long time. That's a lot of sending a signal out to people what your location is if you're scared of the people surrounding you. That's one thing I think about when I go camping and I cook. Um, as much as I love to cook while I'm camping, I always think, man, am I just drawing a a straight line for a bear? To just, I just feel like I always worry about attracting predators to the campground. I want... Like, hmm. Someone's cooking barbecue. Well, that's what I, I, mean, I wonder what because like I we got the cat inside. I'm like, you've been living outside, bet you want some of this great food we're eating. Cat doesn't want anything to do with it. Cat doesn't give a shit. Once in a while, it gets a little whiff or a little taste of something. But like, all right, here's some cheese and a couple licks. And like, that's nah, not my thing. So, but bear, bears, yeah, bears will tear open cars because they smell a pack of gum or something in there. So. Mm-hmm. You got yeah that is but I think the fire scares them away though that's the thing they see a fire and they won't come near it oh okay okay that makes sense man I saw a video yesterday I don't know I think it was an older video um, nothing new that happened but uh, a hiker had an encounter with a uh, mountain lion yeah and he's got his got his GoPro camera on his his bike helmet or something and uh, this mountain lion just walked up on him. Like, got as close as like twenty feet away, and surprisingly, the guy was pretty chill. He was just mm-hmm. like, you know, he wasn't panicking, wasn't freaking out. There was a couple times where, when the cat got a little too close, he'd raise his voice. But it was like ten minute video. I'm just sitting here looking at this fucking mountain lion. I think this I saw that. Yeah, 180 pounds. I mean, it was good lord. Still think you could take one? Could you imagine? No, I've never said I could take a mountain lion. Oh, it's those coyotes. Oh, I, I think I, I definitely coyote, maybe bobcat. <laughs> but that's uh, where that simple, like could, simple shit, like oh, bobcat. We're joking. I know we're joking around, but like, up mm-hmm. oh, nicked an artery. You're done. Or yeah. you, or you tourniquet and lose a limb. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I. I do think, I mean, there was some show about doomsday preppers and, you know, you, I, I never know what's real, what's not. Like, they got some guy, his garage is filled with raviolis and, like, one of these guys, I'm going to teach my kids guns and he goes out and, like, shoots his own thumb off in the episode. I'm like, you fucking, oh. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. But, yeah, not only did you shoot your own thumb off, but now, okay, let's now think of the medical care in a doomsday scenario. Think about think about if you got sick and then just didn't have the energy to go hunt or find water. Mm-hmm. So even just the flu, but the flu means that for five days you're incapacitated and can't go gather food. Oh, good. I've been five days without eating or drinking. Now I need to find food. Yeah. I'm more... Like, sorry to be so gloomy about the doomsday prepping. Yeah, I just I, but it it it. I also think like it. Uh, we had earthquake kits too. I'm not gonna be a fucking moron about that. Where it's like, yeah, this this a pipe could burst. Think about just a pipe burst in your neighborhood. Like, oh, we're not gonna have water for the whole day. And how you're like, oh, what am I? How am I gonna do my dishes? How am I gonna take a shower? Now imagine that for a month. <laughs> you know. 
cool. And I guess we're going to, that's, I, man, that, that it could happen here series by Robert Evans. It is yeah. frightening. Yeah. He's, it's good. Yeah. And you're already on water restrictions down in LA. I just read that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mostly for like water and lawns and stuff. It's not about in-house use, but. We've all become so just soft and dependent on technology. I remember uh, that house I was talking about earlier uh, in Ball Ground, Georgia. There was something happened, and our power was out for two days straight. It was like 48 hours with no power. And during the day, it wasn't a big deal. It was a weekend, too, so mm-hmm. I wasn't working. So we were home all weekend. And uh, during the day, it wasn't a big deal. You know, we'd go out and do stuff or, you know, go sit on the porch, whatever. But I remember both nights at night, I got so bored of just sitting in the dark by candlelight <laughs> that uh, I would go out and sit in my car and listen to the radio. <laughs> yeah. I'd just sit there for like an hour, just in my driveway, sitting in my car, listening to music, because at least it was something. <laughs> you couldn't make it two nights. I was so bored. I was like, this sucks. And, like, I couldn't even read. Well, you know, that's a whole other thing. But, like, uh, <laughs> no, like, we didn't have enough candlelight. To, you know, I can, I can entertain myself with a good book or a magazine or something. Yeah. Couldn't even do that. So there was no radio, no TV, couldn't read, just sitting on the couch with one candle in the living room. Yeah. Like, I'm going to the car. I'm going <laughs> to listen to some sports talk. Yeah, I... It's not even just technology, it's just infrastructure. We're relying on infrastructure. When the infrastructure fails, mm-hmm. like, well, what? But no, we. I thought I'm supposed to. This is where you do start sounding like these people, like, oh, you're going to rely on the government for everything? Oh, you're just going to rely on the government and, you know, what's about to crumble? What's <laughs> running out of water? That's not the government's fault, but it's like, oh, how does water get divvied up? Uh uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I get I get a little gloomy about this subject, but I'm like, I just think of them as vacation, rural vacation spots. Not like it's a bug out spot of like, eh, I don't know. I think I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, get into heroin. <laughs> that was that. Yeah, looking for a friend for the end of the world movie with Steve Carell. And it was yeah, it was Connie, Connie Britton was in it, and she's just like like the cheery housewife. But they all know there's the the end of the world is imminent. Like there's a date that a meteor is going to hit. I forget why. Yeah, but she's like having a party, and she's all bubbly. She's like, she's like, oh, Joe brought heroin. Like like it was a casserole dish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a feeling. Yeah, man. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'd, I'd get up on that. Try if I knew that. Next week it all ends. If I knew I didn't have a life to ruin, yeah, dude. By doing it, well, I mean, it could be, it could be Why the most not? beautiful end of just like, just do, just do heroin, suck a dick, get out there, man. Like, just do all the stuff, <laughs> do all the things. This is your new merch, yeah. Do heroin, comma, suck a dick. Yeah, it's the end of the world. Get out there. Find out about things, you know. There's there's no there's no there's no afterlife. Get get what you want now. Not by force, not by treading on somebody else. But like, all right, I'm just gonna so there's, there's there's a week or however much how much longer we got left of just absolute bliss and then you fucking blow your brains out. <laughs> uh. 
Oh, boy. What you got coming up, Kyle? Apparently nothing with that speech. No? Nah, I'm in town. (laughs) (laughs) How was Charlotte, by the way? Charlotte was great. I wanted to say. Charlotte was awesome. Worked with Chris Buck and Jason Allen King. It was the same lineup we had four years ago when I was back down there. It was a good time. (laughs) Those boys are funny. Funny fellas. Brendan McGowan, my pal from Chicago, lives out there. Did a guest spot. He's hilarious. Audiences were good. Brendan lives in Charlotte? Brendan McGowan. uh, Outside of Charlotte, yeah. He had gone out there. Oh, okay. Uh, Right on. Yeah, so he came out and did a guest spot. Saw saw old uh, uh, Stike from uh, Rowico Customs, who's about to paint my Gibson Explorer right. some sparkly fun colors. He was out there, and it was good. Right I, I, that club's good. I like that city. I'll say that you know you live in a place like L.A. or Chicago, where like it touts itself as being like diverse, but the diversity stays in its own pockets of the city. And then Charlotte, it's like mm-hmm. we're out at a bar and. <clears throat> This is what true diversity It's every race. It's people of color, queer people, trans people, and they're all just kicking it at this arcade bar. And it's like, hell yeah. Oh, this is what real diversity look like. And again, like that's the kind of shit I'd see more in like Montana than I'd see going back to Chicago mm-hmm. or see in in a city like. Portland, Portland's still pretty diverse. I mean, Portland as itself as a city has built itself. Like, but I was like, oh, this is the South. And you realize like, oh, yeah, maybe because everywhere else is that racist, that the city is truly integrated and people coexisting. Yeah. So yeah, it's good vibes down there. And I, I, had, I had fun shows, so. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I used to be sensitive about that when I lived in Atlanta because Atlanta's incredibly diverse. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I travel and I tell people from Atlanta, like, whoa, a lot of racism down there. I don't want to hear about that if you live in a city or state that is 99% white. Yeah. Like, no, not everybody down here is ready. We all live together. It's, uh, I mean, it's not, not to say that the racism's not there, but in the city, people were, and maybe it's because a, a larger city you can have, like, oh, this is... A gay bar. This is a gay, a black gay bar. This is a trans bar. This is a black trans bar. Like, you can have that much space, whereas maybe someplace like Charlotte is like, we got this place, and it's cool, and we like the music, so everybody that's kind of part of these marginalized communities goes to this bar. They're like, okay. Did uh, they do jock jams? I think uh, not jock jams, but the music was was not good. Okay, but not jock jams. But it was uh, it wasn't as bad as jock jams. But it was it, it's a little more updated. The the, the Charlotte fun uh, comedy zone is a little more updated. It's a good. I mean, and the staff's cool. I, this is my third or fourth time there. Cool. So. I like that club. I know you have stories you, about the other ones, but this I, I'll vouch for this particular comedy zone. You didn't have to collect an envelope full of cash and then mail it. No, 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 no. I just I got paid okay. what I was supposed to get paid, and then that's it. That's, uh, okay, that's how good. that's going, yeah. Okay. Well, they're turning it around <clears throat> over there at the comedy zone. Good. It was fun. It, it was wild, man, Like, because like, that's a part of this complex that has, like, there's a comedy zone, and then there's, like three or four other nightclubs and then restaurants that turn into nightclubs and a concert venue all in that area. 
And so mm-hmm. Saturday night when everything let out, it was just mayhem. And it was like this nightclub yeah. crowd that was out there like, these dudes were going to fight, and then the cops showed up, and it was one of those things like, oh, the teacher's here, so now let's act like we're going to fight because we know they're going to break it up. So then it got really amped up and just lay. I made fun of everybody. The whole city was, like, beautiful. They're all beautiful yeah. people. But I'm like... Yeah, Charlotte's a nice town. But I'm like, the women... part of town is nice that you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm like, the women are dressed to the nines all day, stunning. And I was like, and every one of you fucking dudes looks like an amateur golfer whose dad got arrested for a Ponzi scheme. Step it up. You do not know what you have. You are not, you are not being appreciative of what you have in this town. Oh, but yeah, the, the nightclub yeah. crowd that was coming out and some of the outfits, I was just like, God. Damn. Oh, yeah. He's like, some of these clothes, I'm like, this is just what the stripper has to put on when she's walking around the rest of the club. Yeah. By law. Yeah, there's some pretty people in the South. Who? Some pretty folks down there. A lot of flesh. Let me tell you something about really good looking people, Kyle. Tell me about them. We're, we're not well liked. <laughs> Man, I walked right into that one too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a Larry David joke. I can't. Think of it. <laughs> oh boy, where are you at next? Buddy? I just you like that. I don't know. Maybe they're intimidated by my looks. Uh, <laughs> where am I at? I am. Last thing I got out of town. I'm opening for Apocalypse Hoboken at the Chop Shop in Chicago. On the 24th and the 25th, man, that's going to be well, a yeah. time. Yeah, man. I don't know how comedy's going to go with these, with these locals, with these local rascals, but they're going to be. I, I was thinking about going back for these shows anyway, and they're like, We want to do the shows? I'm like, Yes, oh, really? yes I do. The lo- I'm unfamiliar with the, that band. Uh, they were just, I mean, they were one of the, one of the main players in. Uh, in uh, the Chicago punk scene for me, growing up, growing up, excuse me, a little belchy there, and um, they were just great. Like the singer was like, like provocative and taunting and in your face, but there was still like some humanity to it. <clears throat> like uh-huh. as much as like there's like snotty punk, like I don't give a fuck about you, whatever. There was still like. It was. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not being articulate, but it was like there's still. I remember him like like he's on stage and he spit out in the audience. He's like, you know, this punk rock, you can spit back, and then everybody spit at him, and he just stood there and he's like, oh, okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> all right, okay, all right. Uh, and it's just, I just, they just put on these amazing shows, and uh, I just thought they were great, and they're playing with. Uh, off with their heads on the Saturday night. On the Friday night, they're playing with Boris the Sprinkler, which is the band I played with when the old Grand Marquis got back together. Uh, right. co- copyrights are playing Saturday. They're fantastic. It's it's a fucking lineup. Like these two nights, I'm kind of nervous to be doing stand up there. I feel like I feel like <laughs> if I was somebody who's going to see the bands, and then some dude was like, "I'm funny," I'd be like, "Fuck you, get off the stage." Yeah, so I get that. Hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> well, good times, buddy. What about you? What you got coming uh, up? July sixteenth, I'll be in Bakersfield, California, at the Well. Oh yeah. So come uh, check that out. Bakersfield. And, uh, 
Be on the lookout for some uh, Midwest, Midwest, Midwest. God, I can't speak. Midwest dates. Me weedies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Ryan Singer and myself going out uh, doing some stuff in the Midwest in August. So we'll be uh, announcing those dates soon. So that should be good pay fun. To that. Yeah, it's always fun. Ryan's uh, he's always Ryan's my bud. Good spirit, that fella. Yeah. Weirdo, but a but a good weirdo. I love Ryan. Yeah, funny dude too. Uh, Patreon.com slash Boogie Monster. Check out uh, the Patreon. You get two episodes a month, ideally. Four bucks a month. Tell a friend. Spread the word. And uh, not to end on a, a bummer of a note, but a good buddy of mine got some terrible news this week. Um, my buddy Jacob Rupert in Atlanta. Uh, for the 12 of you that listen to my Gravy Boat radio program, Jacob is the uh, the voiceover guy for the Gravy Boat, mm-hmm. and uh, Jacob's not a comedian, but he's in he's comedy adjacent. He's just one of those dudes that was just always at shows. Yeah, and he, he I, to my knowledge, never did comedy, but just a big fan, and was just kind of like the Atlanta comedy cheerleader, and just one of those dudes, much like Ryan Singer, just always positive, just always in a good mood, always positive. No one ever was like, ugh, Jacob's here. It was always, ah, Jacob's here. Like, just a great dude. And uh, dude got fucking diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. But uh, he's a badass and a great spirit. He's going to beat this thing. But he does need a little financial help. So um, he's got a GoFundMe going on his uh, on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search Jacob Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. Uh, that should send you to his GoFundMe. And uh, he's got a big uphill <coughs> climb there. Uh, not Not just... Medically and health-wise, but obviously what that can do to your finances. Um, yeah. So Jacob needs a little help. Um, even if you know, you don't know who he is, you never met him, but you feel like uh, throwing him a couple bucks, uh, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Uh, Jacob Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. Get on Facebook, find him, and throw him a few bucks and uh, send some good vibes his way. All right, man. Yeah, good luck to Jacob so, yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, that uh, it sucks, but uh, yeah, yeah. P- positive vibes. Good vibes. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, right on, buddy. All right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that that fit right in with our doom and gloom episode. Hey, well, you know, it's I think what it is with the pods. It's hope for the best, plan for the worst. I think is what uh, the the Absolutely. motto of this episode was. Absolutely. But uh, right on, buddy. Good times. Have fun up there. All right, man. Uh, when's that? When's that Chicago show again? When are you heading out there? The twenty fourth and twenty fifth. So. Right on. Three weeks. Cool, buddy. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. You betcha, bud. The Boogie Monster.
Star Brands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.